Good morning. Welcome to all those joining us for Likut HaLochas, Yoradea, Chelek Aleph, Hilchas Hechsha Kelim, Halacha Dalit, Paragraph Yud Aleph. We dedicate the learning today, Li'ilu Nishmas Tuvio Barab Yisrael Yitzchak, Yerachmiel Daniel Ben Gedalia, and Rosa Bas Itamar, and for a complete Rafua Shalema for all those that need it, including Chaviva Chana Bas Galia, Shimon Eliezer Ben Rochel, Shlom Anissim Ben Mazel, Avram David Ben Chana, Hindachasa Bas Chana, Esther Miriam Bas Soregitl, Shira Dvoira Bas Miriam, Avigail Brocha Bas Shira Dvoira, Jonas Ben Hilda, Leirena Bas Aviva, Aviva Chaya Bas Esther Mindel, Soraleya Bas Chavaliba, Shimon Zvulun Ben Soraleya, Mazel Bas Zahava, Rus Alexandra Esther Chaya Bas Luna Patricia, Yehuda ben Soramaya, Chaim ben Rachel, Chana bas Hadassah Shendel, Shlemanise ben Mazel, Nisim ben Rivka, Idis bas Miriam Brindel, Michal Sora bas Hadassah, Tuvi Tzvi ben Chayaliza, Eitan Yoel ben Edna, Ami ben Chai ben Yehuda Skila, Yuspehendel bas Kitleya, Sorocho bas Yuspehendel, Avi Vilano bas Yuspehendel, <laughs> this halacha we've mentioned is based on chapter 66 in Likutim Aran, and we've been focusing on the topic of Pishnayim, the concept of a double portion. We've had a lot related to it, and now Rav Nosenzal is going to go to a very important concept also tied into this Pishnayim. Paragraph Yudalev, V'zeh b'china midoi this is tied into the 13 attributes of kindness of Hashem, Shemaschilin Hashem Hashem, which begin with an introduction, Hashem Hashem, and then starts the 13 Midoy Shlorachmen, Keel Rachem Vechanan. Shezeo Bechinas Pishnayim. This double mention of Hashem's name is another example of this Pishnayim. And it's through this that we draw Hashem's greatest, highest level of kindness. And this is one of the most important contributing factors to having our sins forgiven. Even if a person messed up, Terribly, as terribly as they messed up. And as the Zohar Kodesh explains this Pasuk, that the Torah mentions these words, Hashem, Hashem, twice. And there's a psik, there's a dividing line between them. Upirush and the Zohar Kodesh explains Kadmo Shlim Basro Shlim Yatir Ayn Shom. I remember hearing about this in a shear from Rav Rosenfeld in one of the Ein Yaakov shirim towards the beginning of Mesechta Saita where he explained he gave an incredible shear on the topic of the humility of a Talmud Chacham where the Gemara there says that a Talmud Chacham is supposed to have an eighth of an eighth of Gaiva. <clears throat> and there, in one of the, in the final explanation that Rav Rosenfeld gave for that topic, he brought in a whole beautiful drasha from Rav Shimshon and part of it required explaining this point that we're learning about here now, where the Zohar HaKadosh tells us that whenever there's a mention of a tzaddik in the Torah, Avroham, Avroham, Moshe, Moshe, the first time the name is mentioned, it implies that the tzaddik was not yet Bishlemus. The second time his name is mentioned, it implies at that point he's Shlemus. So the first one is Enoi Shlem, the second one is Shlem. So the Zohar Kodesh asks, what about Hashem, Hashem, Kel Rachum Vachanon? We can't chas v'shon say by Hashem any concept of Enoi Shlim. So the Zohar Kodesh says, you're right. The first one is Shlim, the first one is complete, and the second one is Shlim Yatir. 
even more complete, implying Hainu Shekidushas Hashem Hasheni Hu Gavoya Bishlemus Yoiser Meashem Horishon, implying that the holiness of that second Yud Kevavke is a much higher level than the first one. And we know the Iker Hashlemus, the Inyan Shmois of Hakdoshim Yisborach, when we talk about the perfection of Hashem's names, and when we talk about a particular name being on a higher level, Hurak the Inyan Heoras, the Hamshochas, Chasodo, the of Lamato. It's only referring to the amount of kindness of Hashem that's flowing down to us from that name of Hashem. Ki Hashem echod echod, because Hashem is one, and the name, all the names of Hashem are one. There is no diversity by Hashem. There's no change by Hashem. As the Pasuk says, Ani Hashem loishonisi. I am Hashem. I haven't changed. So, so how does the ch- where is their change? The answer is Rakhashinuyim Shabin Shmoisavisborah. The only differences but among the names of Hashem is regarding Shezeh Hashem Gavoya Yosemechaveroi, where we say that one name of Hashem is higher than another name, Ad Shekosa Bezoyanal, to the point where the Zoyara Kodesh writes over there, Shafilu Shnei Shemois Havayahanal, that even those two Yud Kevav Kays, Yesh Psik Beinehim, there's a separation between them, Lahoyrois, to show Shahasheni Bishlemus Yoisem Horishain, that the second one represents a higher level than the first one, Vahashlemus Ze Al Ze. When we talk about that second Yud Kevavke being higher, being more shalem than the first one, it's only regarding how much kindness and to what degree there's an elimination of Midas Hadin that's being achieved by it. Dinim, when we speak about judgments of Hashem, that's a display of Hashem's anger, Kaviochol. Kamuvan Bekol Kisveyo Arizal, as is expressed throughout the writings of the Arizal. Shekol Ma Shehabechina Vamadrega Govoya Yoiser, that whenever we speak about a higher level among the Sphirois, among the Midois of Hashem, among the names of Hashem, Shemeiren Shom Shemois Gevoyim Yoiser, whereby we say that on that higher level, there are higher level names of Hashem shining there. Shom Hadinim Mismatim. What that means is that the Midas Hadin is less over there. Vahorachamim Misrabim Shom Yoiser. The kindness of Hashem is greater over there. There's less din, more rachamim. That's the higher level. That's the, the higher level name of Hashem. And this also explains the, the greatness of the very, very high level tzadikim who are constantly rising to higher and higher levels, which this gives them a higher level of recognition of Hashem's greatness and, and Hashem's higher level names. And this enables these tzaddikim to be able to bring down higher levels of Hashem's kindness, higher level and new levels of Hashem's kindness all the time, to enable them to bring about a forgiveness of the sins of the Jewish people, and to help us to do real tshuva, 
even during those times when we messed up terribly, like at the time of the golden calf, worshipping the golden calf, at that time the Jewish people caused tremendous, tremendous damage. It was major destruction. And Moshe Rabbeinu, with his great power, he, he strengthened himself. He turned on his power of tefillah to the highest possible degree. And he actually put his life on the line, which enabled him to go up to the incredible high place that he went up to. To the point where Hashem revealed to Moshe Rabbeinu his incredible kindness and goodness, which had not been revealed to Moshe Rabbeinu prior to that. Which are these 13 attributes of kindness, which Hashem revealed only at that time after the sin of the Egel Azov. And this is the real, this is really the explanation and the definition of that double power of the tzaddik. Whereby the tzaddik now achieves a much, much higher level recognition of Hashem's kindness, of Hashem's greatness, much more than he had previously. And that's what we refer to as this double portion. Etc. That the, the real great kindness of Hashem we achieve through that double portion. Through that Hashem, Hashem. And this also explains what the Gemara says at the end of Yuma. Hashem koidem adam, Hashem liachar That the first Yud Kevav Kevir refers to before a person commits a sin. The second Yud Kevav refers to and is applied after a person commits a sin. Meaning, before a person commits a sin, that person can live, can receive life and sustenance and bounty from that first Yud Kevavke. That's enough. Because Hashem's name, Yud Kevavke, refers to a very high level kindness, as is known in the Sifrei Kabbalah. But after a person commits a sin, then that person isn't able to receive Rachmanus anymore from that first Yud Kevavke. Then he has to receive Rachmanus from the second Yud Kevavke. Shehu Shlim Yatir, which is even a higher level. now, as the Zohar Kodesh writes, Ki Because after a person commits a sin, Hashem's standard kindness is no longer good for that person, because that person has destroyed that connection through the sin. But rather, Hashem takes pity on that person and uses a different channel. He, Hashem uses a much higher level of kindness, which comes from that second Yud Yatir, which the Zohar Kodesh describes as being a, a greater Shlemus, a higher level of perfection. The first one is perfect, the second one is a higher level of perfection. And all of this we are able to have access to 
through the power of the great tzaddikim, sheyecholim lahamshich bechinas pishnayim lechol hamakurovim, who have the ability to draw that double power to all those who are close to them. And that's what ensures that there's no such thing possible as giving up hope. There's no such thing as cannot be helped. Because the power of these great tzaddikim never ends. And every time that we come to these great tzaddikim, even if the person is as bad as they are, the tzaddikim draw solutions and they draw Hashem's incredible kindness from higher and higher levels because Hashem's kindness is infinite. There's no limit. There's no boundary to it at all whatsoever. Any questions, please? A question. Besides, besides receiving this via the tzaddikim, we also learn that these 13 attributes of kindness are revealed at an esrotzim. Do we need the tzaddik even then? The answer is most definitely yes. Most definitely yes. One example is that the ace rotsign of the week, the highest ace rotsign of the entire week is Shabbos at Mincha. And part of what makes it such a special ace rotsign is the three tzaddikim that we're connecting to at that time. The fact that the Gemara tells us that Moshe Rabbeinu, Yosef HaTzadik, and Dover HaMelech passed away on Shabbos at Mincha. They went up to pass away. When a tzaddik passes away, he goes up. He's nistalek. Because Shabbos Mincha is a time when these three tzaddikim experienced the greatest aliyah of their life, in that they passed away, as we learned in the previous shiurim here, that when a tzaddik passes away, he goes up to a much higher place than during his lifetime. That's what defines, that's part of what defines Shabbos Mincha as a super ace sign. So it's not that when there's an ace sign, I don't need a tzaddik anymore. I can do it by myself. That's a terrible, terrible mistake. We need the tzaddik always. We need the tzaddikim always. And this is why Rabbi Nezal said that whenever a person is davening, it's important to have in mind that we're binding ourselves, we're being mekasher ourselves to all the tzaddikim. Because tefillah, the word tefillah is bigimatria Moshe Yosef David. And, and tefillah is, a, a, whenever a person is davening, it's an ace rotsain also to a degree. And the Gemara tells us that tefillah is in the place of karbonis. The karbonis, the, great, the, the effectiveness of the karbonis was that they were brought in the Beis Hamikdosh. Who built the Beis Hamikdosh? Who built the Mishkan? The answer is all of Klal Yisrael contributed to it, but they had to bring all the materials to the tzaddik. They had to bring all the materials to Moshe Rabbeinu, and Moshe Rabbeinu was the one who put up the Mishkan. In the case of the Beis Hamikdash, everything was brought to Shloima HaMelech, and it was under his guidance and leadership that the Beis Hamikdash was built. So that, that we, we never leave that out of the equation. There's no part of Yiddishkeit that let, let's, leave the tzaddik, let's leave the tzaddik out of it. We can do this without them. No such thing. Now Rav Nosenzal goes back to the topic of our halacha, which is the topic of Hechsher Kelim, Tvilas Kelim. Paragraph Yudbeis, Vezeh Bechinas Tvilas Mikvah. And this is, all, this is tied into the concept of dipping into the, in the mikvah. Shalidezeh kol hatmeim yoitzimi tumalatara. Through this, all those things that are tome, that are impure, are able to leave that state of impurity and go into a state of purity. Ki kol hatumois shein bechinas averois she'al yodom shoyre ruach tumachas because all types of impurity 
of which a major example is sin. A sin is a... But because what a sin causes, a sin causes a spirit of impurity to rest upon the person who committed the sin. All of this tumor, all of this impurity is brought about and comes upon us through a problem in the opening up of the hands that we've spoken about in the previous year. This refers to a problem in being able to bring things from thought into action, from potential into actuality. Which is a a pigam in the double portion issue, the yud kevavke alaf dalad nun yud, which we've spoken about in the previous shurim here. As Rabbein Azal explains over there in chapter 66 on the Ran. And now Rabbein Azal is going to clarify it also. Because as a result of any, every sin that's committed, what happens is the Ruach HaChayim which was receiving from that Ruach de la'ela goes up. It leaves the person and it becomes hidden in a very high place. And the actualization leaves and gets hidden back up in potential. Which is the, the concept of hiddenness. Hashem becomes hidden from us. And when this happens, when that Ruach of Kedusha leaves the person, then a Ruach of Tuma takes over. This is referring to an energy, a spirituality that has become separated, disconnected, detached from its source, from that Ruach de Leila, that upper Ruach. Bechinas Nirgan Mafred Aluf. This is a passage that's quoted many times in Kabbalah and Hasidus, that when a person commits a sin, they cause a break, a separation, a disconnect. Shehu Bechinas Chius de Sitra This is referring to the energy of the Sitra Achra, which is not coming in a revealed manner, it only comes in a very, very hidden manner. That energy, that life, is referred to as death. As the Gemara says, Rishoim, while they're living, are referred to as dead. The life energy, their life energy is referred to as death. And therefore the way that we correct this, the solution is by dipping in a mikvah of water. Because as a result of this tumor, which caused the holy energy to leave the poyal, the action, the actuality, and go back up and become hidden in the potential, in the thought, the person now who committed the sin has to go back up, rise up to the beginning, the original source, to that place of thought, of potential, to that upper ruach, to reopen <coughs> an opening of holiness, to open up those hands again. And to start to bringing down a new flow coming from koyach to poyal. 
This is what the tshuva process is all about. Shehu bechinas Pesach charoto. The terminology that's used in the Gemara and the Torah about a person who's doing tshuva is they want to create an opening. The term that's used is a Pesach of charoto, of regret. Shetzorich lachzor l'shoroshoi. The person has to return to their roots, to the source. Lachzor u'lahamshich bechinas hispatchus hayadayim. To go back and reopen the hands that became closed in a sense. V'zeh bechinas mikvemayim. And this is what a mikveh is all about. Kishom ruach elokim merachefes al pnei hamoyim. Because the the, the second pasuk in the Torah tells us that the divine spirit of Hashem, the Ruach, the Ruach Elohim, this Ruach hovers over the waters. And the Zohar Kodesh says, Do Ruchoi Shel Moshiach. This also refers to the divine spirit of Moshiach. Shehu Tachlis Shoyresh Kol Haruchois Vahanefoshois Vahachilz Shel Kol Boyoilam. When we speak about the Ruach of Moshiach, we're referring to the, the source of all spirits, all souls, all spiritual life of everyone in the world. It's all rooted in this Ruach of Moshiach. Shemishon Iker And it's from there, from this Ruach of Moshiach, this Ruach which hovers over the waters, that we draw holy life from koyach to poyal, from above to below. Kimavur Shamba Toyranal, as Rabbeinazal explains over there in chapter 66 on the Kutimran. Vyalkein humarachef al pnei hamayim, and based on what we're learning here, we'll understand why it hovers over the waters. Kimayim hubebechinas koyach neged klal habria. When we speak about the world which Hashem created, water represents the potential for creation. <clears throat> because regarding the creation of the world, there were also these two stages. There was phase one, phase two. There was potential and actualization. And therefore, water represents the potential for creation compared to the actual creation which took place during those six days of the mountains and the rivers and the trees and the birds and the animals and everything. Because originally, in the very, very beginning, the world was wall-to-wall water. As the Gemara says, And at that point, the world, all of the continents and all the cities and the rivers and the mountains and the trees and the animals were all in a state of koyach, in potential in the water, in that original water. And in that water was found the divine spirit of Hashem, the Ruach of Moshiach Merachefes was hovering over there. That Ruach Halekim that's referred to over there, it represents a composite of all the Ruchos, all of the divine spirits, and all the spiritual life above and below of everything and everyone in the world. V'yachakach, and after phase one, there was a phase two where Yotzo Hakoel Mikoyach Alapoel, where Hashem took everything from potential into actualization, from thought into action. And Hashem went ahead, and on each one of the six days, He created all kinds of things. V'yalkein, and therefore, Hatomei, a person who is impure, Shenitmo, who became impure, Shehu al-yidei mimenu hachius, as a result, 
that the spiritual energy that that person had inside of them left them. It went up and, went, and became hidden in that Ruach de la'ila, in, in potential. So the person now was left without a Ruach of Kedusha, and therefore the Ruach of Tuma took over. That person has to dip themselves in water to go back to their roots to the source, the original source of Ruach Deleila, in that heavenly power, for the person to go up and become nullified over there, become connected there, in order to enable that person to restart that flow from Koyach to Poyal, that the person should be able to receive now a new flow of spiritual life coming from that Ruach de Leila, from that upper Ruach, which is that very high level Ruach. Which is the source of all purity and all holiness. Because the whole concept of drawing purity and holiness in this world comes from and is dependent on being able, being able to bring forth things from koyach to poyal, from from potential into actualization, from Ruach de la'ela to Ruach de la Sata. And this is why the Pasuk says, Hashem says, I will pour on you, I will throw upon you purifying waters, and you will become purified from all of your impurities. This refers to a mikvah, a Jewish mikvah. This is the purifying waters which purify us from all types of impurity, from all types of idols. And then the Pasuk continues over there. And I'll give you a new heart. I will place inside of you a new ruach. I will remove the heart of stone from inside your flesh. I will place my ruach, Hashem says, inside of you. And I will see to it, I'll make it happen, that you will follow my laws. Because through these purifying waters, by Jews dipping in the mikveh, that's how we draw upon ourselves this new ruach, which is this double power. Whereby we draw upon ourselves a very, a greater, a much greater holy energy from that upper ruach, from a very high place. And this is what enables us to become purified from all of our sins, and from all types of impurity. Because this is one of the main components and one of the main per- completions of the tshuva process. Any questions, please? Yeah, Martin, um, two things. I guess it's like all aspects of Yiddishkeit. There's a huge, um, there's a lot going on when a person immerses themselves in a mikvah. The experience does not reflect that, you know, you go in, come out, drive, walk out. It's like 
same old, same old, but it's not. How do you sort of refresh that thinking? You, you said it perfectly, that sometimes to us it seems as if nothing changed. I went to the mikvah, I went to the mikvah yesterday, I went today, I'm going to go to... I don't really see or feel any change. That doesn't mean nothing is changing. We have to believe that this is, the, this is where the faith comes in. And if, a person, and if a person doesn't believe, then that detracts from its ability to work. The Gemara says a person who doesn't believe that Yom Kippur works, that Yom Kippur erases our sins, then chas for that person, it doesn't. It doesn't erase. So there's an incredible importance here of, of growing in emuna, in increasing our faith, in really believing that my going to the mikveh is making a major change. I feel it, I don't feel it. That's not the proof because unfortunately we are so hardened, we are so megushim, we are so materialistic that we've deadened our spiritual nerves, that we can't feel the change. Just like when Shabbos starts, many people don't feel a nuclear change taking place inside of themselves or inside their home. Does that mean it's not happening? It is happening. And, and the way that we, we participate, the way is by building up our emunah, that before I go into the mikvah, before I do any mitzvah, I believe be'muna shlema, that this is life-changing, that every and especially mikvah, mikvah can make for a goy into a Jew, mikvah can make the, trans, the transition to change a non-Jew into a Jew. So of course, it affects a major change on me. This, you know, and, and, we, and that's where the, the, the coming close to tzaddikim is so important because the main message that the tzaddik delivers is emuna, And the way that he does it, Rav Zal here is showing you from psukim, from gemaras, from sifrei kabbalah, from all of these places, by explaining how the creation of the world began with him. He's, he's giving us tremendous insights that we didn't have before to realize what water is and what, what, what all of these things are and how things work. And therefore, based on learning the Sforum of Tzadikim and based on coming close to Tzadikim, I build up my emuna. I keep increasing my faith to higher and higher levels where I do believe, and every day I believe even more and more, that putting on tefillin, I put on tefillin this morning, I'm a brand new person. I put on a talus, it's a total new, renew. Mamish, a brand new, completely new. A person takes their car in to a mechanic to fix, <clears throat> and they come to pick up the car, and they look at the car, and the car looks exactly the same as when I brought it. He says, I, I, I hope you fixed it. He says, I fixed it. He gives him the bill, 33,000 shekel. What do you do here? I think the car looks exactly the same as, as when I brought in. You're right, it looks exactly the same because you don't have eyes. You don't know what I did. I replaced the engine, and I replaced the this and the that. Oh, 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 I didn't know. You're, you're right, you didn't know because you're not a mechanic. Just like the tzaddikim, the true tzaddikim, they know, they see the changes that take place inside of us, you know, and, and, and they try to imbue us with the emuna. And if a person builds up the emuna to higher and higher levels, they can get to a level where they can see, they can see the change. We told the story many times of the basayim, you know, who came to Eretz Yisrael because a, a Meshulah told him in Eretz Yisrael, the stones glow with Hashem's light. And he came to Eretz Yisrael and he's looking at the stones and they, they, he, don't see, he doesn't see any glowing. And, and this went on for a few weeks and he felt terrible. What, what's going And then at one point he meets the Meshulah again. And, and, the Meshulah, and he says to the Meshulah, you remember what you told me? Yes, yeah. I don't see it. He said, Rebbe, you don't see it. You have to be zeichet to see it. To see, to feel is a whole other level of zechia. takes an incredible zchus. So the Basayan says, I got it. And I started pleading with Hashem, begging Hashem, open my eyes. Give me the ability to see. And he said, yesterday I started seeing Bar Hashem. And because of that he made a major suda, a major celebration for the people of Tzfas. To, to celebrate that Hashem opened his eyes, that he was able to see a little bit of the holiness of Eretz Yisrael. Thank you, Rabbi. Anyone else, please? 
question asked that if mikveh is purification, why is it that a woman, when she reaches a certain stage in her life, she's no longer required to toivel in the mikveh like men? <clears throat> the answer is that there are many factors involved here where a person at a certain point, depending on who is the person, I just mentioned this yesterday in a shir at Shalashudas. We, we know that a Kohen, a Kohen, no matter how old he is, he's allowed to do the Avoidah in the Beis HaMikdosh. The Gemara tells us Yochanan Kohen Gadol was serving in the Beis HaMikdosh when he was 80 years old. A Levi is only allowed to serve from age 30 to age 50. He reaches 50, he goes into retirement, is no longer allowed to do the Avoidah of the Levi in the Beis HaMikdosh. A Kohen, if he has a mum, if he has any bodily defect, that disqualifies him from doing the Avoid in the Beis HaMikdosh. A Levi, if he has a mum, is definitely allowed to do his Avoidah. So the question is, make up your mind. If age is a problem, then it should disqualify the Kohen also. And if mum is a problem, how come the Levi is allowed to do Avoidah when he has a mum? And the answer is that this is an example of showing that there are all kinds of differences in, in Yiddishkeit and in Klal Yisrael. For the Koyhein, age is an asset. The older he gets, the better he gets. And for Levi, age is a deterrent. Koyhein represents chesed. The older a person gets, the more they achieve higher and higher levels of chesed. His, he's doing his job even better. A mum the word mum in Hebrew is bigimatria elikim. Elikim is Hashem's name for din, judgment, midas adin. Therefore, for a kohen, a mum is a disqualifier. The kohen is supposed to be chesed. Mum contradicts what the kohen is all about. Levi represents midas hadin. The mission of a levi is to represent gevura, din. And therefore, if a levi goes past a certain age, He's too mellow. He's not the din that we need from him. And therefore, a mum is not a disqualifier by him. It doesn't disqualify him in any way. So here also, men and women have different tikkunim. And chas v'shalom, a man wants to, to do a woman's role, or a woman wants to do a man's role, the Torah warns that that's major destruction. That's part of the insanity that's affecting the world nowadays. As we get closer to the coming of Mashiach, we're told that things are going to get worse and worse, darker and darker. And an example of the darkness is that in the secular culture, they're trying to dismantle the separation between men and women. No, a man can be a woman, a woman can be a man. It's, they want to do away with gender. So all of this, Rahmana Litzlan, which is one of the worst, worst forms of Andrelamusia, of insanity. Total, total insanity, total, total destruction. So it seems that when it comes to a woman, it's only when the blood is strong that that's when the, the, the application of the, the mikvah applies to her. After a certain age, it's no longer needed. Whereas by a man, throughout his life, as old as he gets, the, the privilege, the, 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 the tikkun of mikvah applies, definitely continues to apply. Paragraph Yud Gimel, V'zeo b'chinas t'vilas kelim shenilmad mi t'vilas klemidyon. And now this will also explain the importance that when we, when we acquire a utensil, a keli from a non-Jew, in order for a Jew to be allowed to use it, we have to first dip it in the mikvah. And we learn this from the case of the vessels of Midian. This is Mamish current events. Parshas Bolok is coming up soon. This, this coming Shabbos, we're going to read Parshas Chukas. After that comes Parshas Bolok, where Bilam, after trying many times to curse the Jews and saw that he couldn't succeed, he gave Bolok advice, great advice. You want to destroy the Jewish people? One of the most effective ways is get them to commit sins with women, non-Jewish women. Send your women out to seduce them. 
And sure enough, they did. And this caused some, some Jews succumb to the test. And then after that, Moshe Rabbeinu told the Jews to go out and kill the Midyanim. And at a certain point, they were told that any vessels that they acquire from the Midyanim have to first be koshered before it can be used by a Jew. Because utensils that are used for eating, when they leave the possession of a non-Jew, they're leaving the sitrachra, must be dipped in a mikvah. Because the eating of a Jew is something holy. Because eating is what gives us life. If a person eats properly, that's what gives a person energy, life. And therefore, a Jew must eat with holiness, following all of the guidance and direction of the Torah. As it says in Tehillim, Hashem, I have your Torah in my digestive system, in my intestines. Upirish Pirush Rashi, Rashi HaKadosh says there, Kol ma'acholai al pitoiroscha. All of my eating is based on the Torah. K'day lahamshech hachiyos hanimshach alidei In order to enable us to draw that energy which comes from eating, lahamshichoi bigdusha betara, to draw it with holiness and purity. To be able to draw spiritual energy and life from the upper ruach down to the lower ruach, from koyach to poyal. And therefore, it's forbidden for us to eat from utensils of a non-Jew, which are considered impure for a Jew's eating. Now Rav Nosanzal explains a very, very important basic concept in Kabbalah that when a person is drawing life, energy from above, from heaven, and they want to draw it with holiness, the critical, it's extremely critical to prepare the proper vessels into which to receive that energy. It's impossible to draw energy, life, from above, to bring it down here, unless the kalim, the vessels, have been prepared properly. That's what all of our mitzvahs are all about, the Torah and all of its mitzvahs. By studying the Torah, by fulfilling all of its mitzvahs, we prepare the proper vessels to enable us to receive spiritual light, spiritual energy, in a healthy way, in a healthy, controlled manner, where it could only benefit us and not do any harm. V'yalkein, and therefore, achilas Yisroel, the eating of a Jew, which is one of the ways that we're drawing this energy from above down here. The eating must be in pure vessels. And that's why utensils or vessels of a non-Jew are tome, are impure for a Jew. There's a Pasuk in Yirmiya Novi where it speaks about broken wells that cannot hold any water. So Rav Nosanzal says the vessels, the utensils of non-Jews are like these broken wells that cannot hold any water. 
They cannot enable us to draw the waters of Das coming from that divine spirit of Hashem above to draw it down below. And that's why it's forbidden for a Jew who is a member of this holy nation to eat from those utensils before dipping them in the holy waters of mikveh. By doing that, we reconnect those utensils, those vessels, to the divine spirit of Hashem which hovers over the waters. By doing this, we draw upon these utensils a new ruach, a ruach of purity and holiness. And that's what enables us to be able to eat Jewish food in those utensils. And thereby, and by eating properly, Bigdusha, we're able to draw holy energy from that Ruach de Leila down to the Ruach de Lesata. That's real life. That's drawing real life energy. And Rabbi Nosanzal will continue in the next paragraph explaining what took place with the whole story of Midian and how that relates, why we learn this whole concept from there. Wishing everybody a wonderful day and week. This week we have Erev Rosh Chodesh. Tuesday will be Erev Rosh Chodesh in Kippur Kotan and two days of Rosh Chodesh. Today, Sunday, we have again the Shir and Chaim Aran in Yitzhashem at 4.30 Eretz Yisrael time. All those that can join are welcome. Shabbat to a good, happy week with Yeshuas and Rafuas and the Gula Shleimah b'mherah b'meinu. Amen v'amen. Amen.